0: That was a reason why we hadn't launched when we thought we were going to launch, because we didn't have enough episodes. We weren't comfortable with the number of episodes we had recorded at the time, and we wanted more under our belt to have that feeling of comfort that we know the content's there and we're not racing to get that next episode out each and every week.
1: What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Podcast PhD. With me, Larry Roberts, and my co-host, my ever faithful co-host, <laughs> Mark Ronnie. For now, we'll see how long that faithfulness lasts. But yes, for now, I am your faithful co- I'm kidding. Yes, hello, welcome. Of course, I am your Appreciate faithful it.
0: co-host, Larry. Good to see you.
1: Man, we were talking earlier, just to jump right in there. We were talking earlier about the launch of Podcast PhD. This is one of our earlier episodes, you know, in, in planning the show. We had originally planned on launching back in December. yeah. We were excited. We were fired up. We just knew we were going to get this thing going. And long about end of November or so, we go, "Hey, (laughs) pump the brakes a little bit." (laughs) I don't know if we're ready to release this thing to the public just yet. I don't think we're in a place where we're going to find the level of impact that we're trying to make when this thing launches. So we had to have that conversation that kind of pulled us back. And I think we might as well even share with everybody some of those reasons.
0: But yeah, we were going to do it December fourteenth, and Before we knew it, like you said, we were only a couple weeks away, and we stopped and evaluated, and we just didn't feel ready. We didn't feel like we had all the necessary components that we would want to have in place to launch a podcast. We hadn't promoted it nearly enough, although it's important, I think, for this discussion to say that I know I was promoting it to the community i'm a part of we've got a big community of almost a couple thousand people over on clubhouse we've transferred that over to a growing group on facebook and i've been promoting the hell out of it to that community and i think a lot of them were really looking forward to it and that in itself will sometimes push a podcaster to release it no matter what right even if they don't feel ready they're like well i've put this date down on paper i've made this commitment out loud i've been telling people this so there's no way that i can change the date i think what we're trying to tell you is you can always change the date and one of the things i had to tell myself when i had this debate in my head was the truth is yeah sure there are some people that are curious and interested for that launch but i'm going to be real for a second i don't think anybody was waiting with bated breath holding their breath, waiting for our brand new podcast to come out. I think that if anything, they're going to respect the idea that I need to pump the brakes, as you said, and give this a little more time before I go full force. So it's a matter of getting out of our heads and recognizing the fact that maybe if I'm a Tom Cruise type and I've announced a big project coming up, I don't want to fall through on that instead. But here I am, no Tom Cruise. So I want to just do it right, and I'm okay with telling my audience I'm not going to launch when I said I'm going to launch.
1: Yeah, I I didn't hear any people go, oh, shucks, when we announced it in Clubhouse that day. Right. But at the same time, man, a good friend of mine, Chris Kermitsos, he owns PodFest. He wrote a book called Start Ugly. So it's okay to start ugly, but it's also okay for you to step back and go, do I want to start that ugly Or do I want to put some things in place prior? Like you you were alluding to, I think it's perfectly fine for you to step back. And actually, I think it just shows a level of responsibility and a level of dedication to making sure that if you're not ready to go when you said you were going to go, if you're not ready to release that show, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, as I learned early on in life, you always got to have your ducks in a row. Did I ever tell you that story, Mark, when I went to be a police officer? No, I need to hear this. Yeah, this is great. This is a great example of getting all your ducks in a row. And that's what Mark and I decided we needed to do before we launched the show. Our ducks were definitely not in a row, so we backed off. Back when I was probably, I'm going to say 20, I wanted to be a police officer. And I was sponsored by a small town in Texas called Denison, Texas, which is where I was born. I already had a good relationship with the police academy there in Grayson County. I was good to go, right? They were going to sponsor me, and I was going to go, and everything was great. So I go up to the police department, I fill out my app, I do my psyche bow, I do everything, everything's cool, I pass everything, I'm ready to rock. And Sergeant Adams was his name, and he said, hey, since we're done here, just like any other job, let me get a copy of your driver's license and your social security card. You do that every job you ever get. So I hand him both of them. He goes out, he comes back, and he says, should I write you a ticket now or later? And I said, oh my God, what for? He goes, well, your license is expired. Oh, I'm like, oh. Well, that's not good. So, uh, you know, already a little embarrassed, right? Yeah. But so far, he's still on board. He's like, okay, just get it taken care of. He goes, but since we got you here, let's see if you got anything else going on in the background. Now, at the time, I worked in Denison on Main Street, and I taught karate full time back then. So I would park on Main Street, and you only had two-hour parking on Main Street. So we would had to go out and move our cars every two hours Mm. from one parking spot to the next. And I got tired of doing that, so I didn't do it. So he goes and takes a look, and he pulls up, and I have, oh, man, just this laundry list of parking Uh, tickets outstanding as well. (laughs) No. So with that, he looked at me, and he goes, son, if you want to be a police officer, you got to get your ducks in a row. And right now, your ducks are definitely not in a row. So get out there, handle your business, and come back and see me. I got to tell you, I was so embarrassed that day that I never went back to see him. I mean, I saw Sergeant Adams from time to time after that because Denison's a small town. But I never went back as a want to be a police officer (laughs) to Sergeant Adams because it was just a horrible experience. Mm -hmm. That's something that here I am. I'm 50, 30 years later. I still remember that like it was yesterday. Wow. I I think we can all learn from that lesson to don't try to take action. Don't try to move forward until all your little ducks are in a row. I'm with you, Larry. And uh, yeah,
0: I'm thinking about our ducks in a row and which ones we didn't have yet in that line of ducks. So then how do we know if our ducks are actually in a row, right? It's like when we have all these components in our podcast, what's the difference between messy and being ready to go? How does our audience know, okay, am I actually ready here? Or do I need to take a step back? And is it okay to be, it's that whole thing where you're talking about okay being
1: messy. Yeah, yeah. So how do we know that difference? I think if you have the components in place, then you're probably okay to move forward. You you want to avoid that perfection paralysis that so many of us get locked up by. So at least from my perspective, do you have three to five episodes to release at launch? Do you have your cover art? Do you have your branding? Do you have a website? Are you doing a video show? Do you have a YouTube channel yet? Do you even have an email address? Do you have everything you need in place for listeners to potentially reach out and give you feedback? Do you have a podcast host selected? Do you have all of those basic components you need in place? And full disclosure for those listening, we didn't have all that in place. right? And we didn't think we could get it all in place by December 4th. So if you have those things in place, your video may not be really high def your audio quality may be questionable you may have a very basic microphone you may have wished that you have some higher end equipment that's totally different than having your ducks in a row at least from my perspective you you move on you start ugly as chris puts it that's fine but if you don't at least cover your bases with best practices i think you have all the right in the world and i think you have a responsibility honestly not just the right but i think you have a responsibility as a creator to go ahead and pump the brakes a little bit, step back until you do have all of those ducks in a row. To me, if you don't have those ducks in a row, you are more likely
0: to quit early in your podcasting career. I think that starting messy is okay and doesn't necessarily set you up for failure. Starting messy gives you that base to learn from those mistakes you've made to make corrections. But if you are doing it I'm just going to be honest, if you're doing it half-assed and you're launching with a half-assed launch campaign, there is a good chance that you're going to start seeing things fall apart quicker and more likely to give up. So that is why it's so important to us. We decided, yeah, we got to do this. The way that we intended to do it, because otherwise it's this is just going to be a train wreck. Right. So we recognize well, that. And that's why it's not a
1: train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> is it? I don't know. No, no. But seriously, I mean, especially because we're doing a podcast on podcasting, for Christ's sake. Right. You know, if we're going to sit here and tell you how to podcast, we should at least as the host and co-host of the show. Follow just basic, what are they called? Standard practices. <laughs> well,
0: you rattled off a bunch of great practices in your explanation of getting your ducks in a row. And I think it's worthwhile recapping those a little bit because what are some of these effective ways to launch a podcast? Like, for, for example, you said have three to five episodes ready to go at launch. So let's talk about that. Like, Yeah. I know for me, I don't like to launch with five per se, but I do like to launch with a few episodes. So.
1: What's your practice around that? Typically, it's three, but I have a podcast coach that I found back in 2020 at PodFest. Great friend of mine, David Hooper is his name. Phenomenal guy. Wrote an amazing book called Big Podcast. Wrote a couple other books on podcasting. I mean, he is one of the authorities out there on podcasting. And it's probably a year and a half or so ago, I was launching a new show. He wanted me to launch, and David, I still love you, but he wanted me to launch with 25 episodes. Wow. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> I'm not, there's no way. I don't even know if I'm going to do this show for 25 episodes, much less launch right. with 25 episodes. And I think I did, I don't know, three episodes of that show. I think it's ridiculous to go out there and drop an entire library of content on a potential new show. But I also think, Mark, you, and I know you agree with this, there's got to be more to consume than just that initial episode. So I think three is a nice little sweet spot, but I wouldn't be opposed to somebody going with four or five. They feel very strongly about it, and every one of those episodes is super, super strong, and there's value packed. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all if I was their launch coach. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: I actually sometimes even like to launch a bonus episode after the initial launch day a few days later just to keep that momentum going, that excitement going, the hype around it going. Sometimes I like to do that. And if I've got a stockpile of shows, four or five is okay with me. I tend to notice a lot of new podcasters, they don't have that much more in the can ready to share with you. So to kind of get that all out in one swoop would probably hurt you more than help you. And that was a reason why we hadn't launched when we thought we were going to launch because we didn't have enough episodes. We weren't comfortable with the number of episodes we had recorded at the time. And we wanted more under our belt to have that feeling of comfort that we know the content's there and we're not racing to get that next episode out each and every week.
1: Yeah, and that kind of pressure you alluded to earlier gives you that pod fade experience as well because you feel the pressure of having to create the content every week. And the deadline is staring at you every week. So if you prepare ahead of time and you build a nice little bank of episodes, that takes some of that pressure off. So that gives you the opportunity to land the guest that you're after or construct the episode that you're researching. It gives you all the opportunity you need to stay prepared and to bring good quality content that's value packed each and every episode.
0: Yeah, and I don't know about you, what I like to do when I can is have a variety of really my best work so far for those first three episodes that I launch with. Usually that first one is a little, can tend to be a little bit more, I can't think of a better word other than egocentric in the sense that it's a little bit more about me where most of my episodes then become more about my audience. But that first one is a little more so that they can get to know me better. And then let's say my show is a mix, much like our show is a mix, or at least our intention is we're going to have sometimes some interviews and sometimes it's just going to be us. If that's the case, if you're able to swing that, it's like have one episode, just you or you and your co-host, and then have another, that third episode be that interview format. So now you're giving that variety to your audience so they have a good taste of what they can expect
1: moving forward. At the same time, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, interviews because a lot of the podcasters, they just default to having interview podcasts, which you don't necessarily have to. But that gives you that opportunity to get those interviews lined up as well. That's a whole nother ball game when you're trying to coordinate your show with an entirely other party that's not nearly as invested in your show as you are. So that's something that you have to take into consideration. We're lucky out here because Bark and I were both passionate about this project and we don't have to rely on somebody else, but you got to build that into your timeline. And sometimes that just doesn't work. you set this go live date for the show and for whatever reason, scheduling conflicts get in the way. And now you find yourself without your content. So what do you do? do? You go live and not have the content that you're after, or do you make that executive decision and do you push? Exactly. And I think everybody knows our answer to that at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so we got an idea. We want to launch with at least three episodes to start. How are we promoting a podcast to launch? What are some things that you recommend to clients, Larry? In addition to having that launch day set up,
1: how are we getting people to launch? Of course, by default, we have to go social media hardcore, depending on whatever our preferred platform is, or if you're on multiple platforms, you start putting it out there. But you don't just put a graphic out there that says, coming soon, my podcast. You have to be strategic about that as well, because people are just going to ignore those images. Podcasters, when a new episode drops, they put that infographic out there that says, oh, new episode dropped with so-and-so. No one cares. (laughs) So you have to do it in a way that generates interest. You have to do it in a way that demonstrates value in the podcast. Generic images and coming soon, people see that all the time, especially As podcasters, we all tend to be friends with, well, podcasters on social media. So if we're promoting our podcast to other podcasters, guess what? Other podcasters probably aren't going to listen to that. So we have to get creative as well. So step outside that bubble. Tell everybody about it. Tell friends. Tell family. Tell your business networks. Tell your social clubs. Tell anybody and everybody that you've got a podcast. I mean, I think there's a t-shirt that's floating around somewhere out there. It's kind of a meme t-shirt that says, oh yeah, I have a podcast, hold on, I'll tell you all about it. We as podcasters, that's what we do. We tell people that we have a podcast. So generate interest just verbally, start there. And social media-wise, start there and then build it out. And I'm sure you've got a couple of other tips and tricks up your sleeve, Mark, that you can tell people about. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I like to do or
0: encourage people to do is create a giveaway around your podcast launch. Do something where so I like to use the website King Sumo. King Sumo basically facilitates your giveaways for you. It keeps track of everybody who signs up, and it also creates some actions for people. So these different actions you can ask people to do to earn themselves additional entries into that giveaway. So for example, they subscribe to your podcast or follow your podcast, they would earn. A certain number of entries based on your decision the value that you believe it deserves so if that's the number one thing you want people to do that might earn them the most entries that day the other cool thing about King Sumo is it gives your audience a chance to participate every single day so you can add more actions each day for people to do to increase their odds to win whatever that giveaway item is and I'm just going to say it. I know not everybody can do this, but the more valuable the prize, the better. Usually monetarily speaking, that's going to be one that's going to capture attention. I've given away things like the Shure MV7. I've given away a Rodecaster Pro before. I'm not suggesting that everybody has to do that. Find something that's valuable for your audience and go for it, right? Don't be afraid to put a little bit of money into it because I have found when I've done it, when my clients have done it, that those higher ticket items, those high value items will be a bigger draw to your giveaway and that gets more attention on your podcast launch. Side note, one of the things it's doing, King Sumo is capturing those email addresses and now you can build an email list so that as you approach your launch, you can actually directly reach out to this new audience and let them know or and remind them, hey, the podcast is coming on such and such a date, Please join me there. So I like to add those little extra nuances, those little pieces that get people excited, not just for your podcast, but about some other things that
1: you're doing in support of your podcast. Hey, Mark, you know the one thing you don't give away? What's that? An Amazon Echo Dot. <laughs> Why is that? Seems random, doesn't it? Man, I bought like three for a giveaway. I couldn't give the damn things away. Uh, Nobody wanted uh, it. They wouldn't even take it. I'm like, hey, "Who wants? No one wanted it." I had like 3 and I finally gave them away in person, but no one gave two remote craps about uh, Amazon Echo dot. So I guess hey Alexa yeah. isn't something that people are too interested in, but I learned that the hard way. That's so. fascinating.
0: Yeah. It's like yeah. so for me, I gave away items related to podcasting. So think about your genre, think about what you're talking about. What kind of things can you give away? And can you give away your services as that giveaway? Sure. I usually like to couple them with an actual tangible item as well. So when I do it, I like to give away that microphone along with one free hour of consultation with me where we can talk about your podcast or maybe that you're thinking about starting a podcast. So find that thing that relates to your genre, relates to your topics. And if you want to do something like throwing in a service that you provide, yeah, throw that in there as well. I just again it this is a matter of your audience knowing who you are first and getting to know you and wanting those services
1: before you start giving them away. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, nobody knows who you are yet. No, no offense to anybody listening, but odds are unless you're just the cat daddy in your niche. Your services aren't going to be that big of a draw right out of the gate. Now, once you've established yourself and you've got yourself a strong audience and you're promoting something else, then that's always an option. But, yeah, no Amazon Echo Dots and at least right out of the gate, not your personal services. I'm with you. (laughs) The whole point here is just make sure that if you're not ready to launch, go ahead and take a step back. Reevaluate where you're at. Make sure that you feel comfortable. You have confidence because if you don't have confidence in what you're doing, no one else is going to have confidence in what you're presenting either. So step back, take that little ego hit because you didn't make that deadline you initially sat and set a new one. Now, you don't want to do this time and time again. If you move that date, let's make sure we hit that second date. And I think Mark and I are going to go out of our way to make sure that we do hit. That new launch date of, what was it, January 4th, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, everybody knows at this point because we've already launched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at this point. That date that we pushed to, January 4th, that's it. You already know that, though. Right, you're listening. that's right. And speaking of listening, thank you for listening to today's
0: episode of Podcast <laughs> PhD. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to us, follow us, whatever that platform is calling it that you're listening on. Please make sure that you are following this podcast so that you get a new episode each and every week that we publish. So thank you again for being here, Larry. Thank you. Appreciate you and your contributions
1: as always. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. Let's make sure our ducks stay in their row. Quack, quack, everybody. (laughs) I love the quack, quack, everybody.